I will not leave you orphaned. Or as another Bible translation paraphrases it, I will not leave you friendless orphans. Jesus must have been looking into the faces of stressed disciples when he said these words. Let me remind you of the setting. 2,000 years ago, a darkened room, upper room in Jerusalem, supper time. Jesus is saying and doing so much. He's confounding his friends. He's just taken the role of a house servant and washed the disciples' feet. And then he talks of betrayal, and the disciples are all looking at each other like, what? And then Judas Iscariot darts out of the room and goes into the night. And then Jesus tells them of his love for them and how they will love one another. But then he looks Peter in the eye and he says, you, but you will deny me three times tonight, even before the rooster crows at dawn. Ah! Can you imagine how intense this was getting? Imagine the most intense, awkward family meal or friendship meal where things just started going awry. This is ten times that. And the emotionality meter starts to step down a couple of steps. And Thomas musters up the courage to ask a question. But Jesus, we don't know where this is all going. We don't know the way. Philip then chimes in, and Jesus, you're going to the Father? Dwelling with him? Where's that, Lord? Show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus says, I am. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. How do you think the faces in the upper room look at this moment in time? What do the faces look like? I was thinking if these disciples could text one another, um, what would the face emojis look like? Maybe you're familiar with face emojis or you have your favorite ones. What would those face emojis look like? Or, Or if you don't know what face emojis look like, um, I've got a few here that, that, that might reflect how the disciples were looking. How about this one? Uh, or how about this one? Oh. Or this is a favorite one. It was probably sweaty and hot in there. Oh. Jesus says to them, These poor disciples, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. And speaking of faces, what does your face look like this morning? If we could take a snapshot of you, wherever you're sitting today or standing, and could kind of catch you unawares, what would the snapshot look like? Would your face be in sync with some of these disciples? Worried? 
anxious, nervous, wondering, pondering, finding your way in uncertain times. Now, some of us might be feeling upbeat and encouraged today, and that's not bad. But to understand the power and the depths of Jesus' promises in this moment, there was a certain tone that this room was delivered to by Jesus. These were not high-five slapping disciples hey! at a pub on Saturday night. They were anxious, perhaps rubbing their beards, wondering what in the world is going on here. Disciples longing for good news. They wanted their friend and their teacher to give them something. They had left homes and families and vocations to follow this teacher and rabbi. So imagine them receiving the warmth and wonder of these words. I will not leave you orphans, nor friendless. I am coming to you. And Jesus goes on and says, because I live, you will also live. There soon comes a day when you will know that I am in the Father. And you in me, and I in you. And the other Judas burst forth with a question that maybe was on the mind of the other disciples. How, Lord? How are you going to reveal yourself to us? Jesus answers, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. The advocate, the one who comes alongside the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. As we imagine ourselves alongside these disciples, what do you think their faces look like now? I don't think they were totally getting it. It was a lot to take in. It's like that time when you got too much news thrown at you at one time, and it was truly hurting your brain to comprehend what was going on. I was thinking of a couple of examples of that this week. Uh, in my family, there's this, uh, there's this, it's a lot to take in story. Um, I'm the youngest of six children, and one of my oldest siblings, when I was being formed in the womb, uh, one of my oldest siblings had gone away to Montana for college for uh, two semesters. And so uh, the sibling was gone from September to April, and came back from university and was visiting with my mom. And my mom is wearing maternity clothes. And so my sibling asks, Mom, are you pregnant? <laughs> and my mom sheepishly <laughs> says, Yes, I am. <laughs> And lo and behold, I was born September 8th, 1968, everybody. Yay! But it was, it was can you imagine my sibling <laughs> having to ask my mother if she's pregnant? That would have been a lot to take in. Or I was thinking about episode 5 of Star Wars. 
You know that famous scene, that iconic moment when Vader tells Luke the truth about his family history? Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me that you killed him. No, I am your father. No. Well, in these latter days of Easter, en route to Pentecost, this overwhelming news should be good news for us. Though it's hard to take in. But at the heart of it is, like we've been saying, and like Don was encouraging the children this morning, you and I are not left as friendless orphans. Ever. We have never been, nor will we ever be, forsaken. You and I are loved. And as we love, we know the heart of God and the heart of Jesus. And mysteriously and lovingly, God makes God's home in us. With us. Yes, that's a lot to take in, but it's good news. And though it's easier to talk of God as maybe Father or this parenting figure or God the Son and Jesus, these final comments of Jesus in this upper room where he proclaims power and presence and his ongoing companionship with us as true friend. That's good news. It's overwhelming news, but It means that the energy and personhood and presence of this three-in-one community of God that we worship and listen to and love from the beginning of all time has moved and dwelt and loved us and to this day continues to move and dwell with us and love us. We go back to John chapter 1 where this whole thing starts in John's gospel, of John writing about in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood of our lives, dwelt among us. You and I are not friendless orphans. We're not left to our own powers and problem-solving. The Holy Spirit promises now to teach us and remind us of all that Jesus says to us. And a big part of our holy work and vocation is to love like Jesus loved. We who are keeping Jesus' commandments are loved. And by the Spirit, this one who comes alongside us companions with us abides with us. John will go on to write in further letters that God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. God makes a home with us, in us. And what does that mean for us in these days of Easter? 36 days into that 50-day season of Easter as we move towards the season of the Ascension and Pentecost, it means that peace comes to us. Peace descends upon us. Peace by the Spirit's breath and power comes to us. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
Do not let them be afraid. As a non-orphaned, friendful people, we who have Jesus abiding with us, we are empowered to love and to know love. We are a people who are promised peace. It's a peace that is presenced by the Holy Spirit. A peace that comes from a place and a source and a community that is beyond us, but dwells with us and in us. Yes, it's a lot to take in, but it's good, comforting, companioning news. And so even in a quiet moment, as we pause, will you who are loving in the name of Jesus through little or big practices or ways of devotion and care, will you let yourself be graced and gifted by the peace of Jesus? Let yourself be gifted and graced by the peace of Christ. And maybe if you're with other people in a a room somewhere, might you turn to them and say, peace be with you. Peace of Christ. Peace be with you. Let the peace of Christ be breathed on you. Well, maybe social distancing breathed. But blessed upon you, said to you. And even if you're alone, peace be with you. You're not orphaned. You're not friendless. The Spirit, the one who comes alongside, the true friend, Jesus, is with you. As we close our time of loving and receiving and sharing peace, I wanted to share a portion of a prayer called To Be More Loving. Maybe this prayer might continue and help us to remember peace and the love of Christ. God, I know something of what love can be like. I can remember being forgiven generously and freely by someone I had wronged. I can remember being comforted and cared for when bruised and battered I crept home. I can remember being made strong by the realization that someone cared. I am grateful for such experiences, for they tell me what love is about. And if the Lord Jesus be right, to know what love is like is to know what you, God, are like. For out of the heart of the Lord Jesus came the evidences of his love for all kinds of people and his refusal to give up on any of us. I am grateful for that love and for that refusal, for in in him I have hope. I can even hope that I may catch more of his spirit in my life. Maybe that's a phrase, prayer that we can echo this week. I can even hope that I may catch more of Jesus' spirit in my life.
Because Jesus lavishes us today, this week, in this season of Easter. Jesus lavishes us with love, hope, peace. He promises that the Spirit will remind us. The Spirit will teach us what we need to know. So today, O people of God, believers in Jesus, those who abide in love and God's love abides with them, might you know the power of the Spirit, this presence that is not finite, this presence that won't run out. It is, like Jesus' love, abundant. Jesus says to us, Receive the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. Do not be troubled and do not be afraid.